Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2019. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guests are Shannon Wedge, Executive Director, and Norma Dixon with the American Red Cross of South Central and Southeast Kansas. Welcome to Issues 2019. Now, according to my extensive research, the Red Cross idea was born in 1859 when Henry Dunant, a young Swiss man, came upon the scene of a bloody battle in Italy. Its emblem was a red cross on a white background, the inverse of the Swiss flag. Now, the American Red Cross was founded by Clara Barton on May 21st, 1881. And we were going to ask questions, whichever one of you is uh, feels comfortable to answer the question, just take it, okay? Awesome. Let's uh, start with the Red Cross. Do you have a mission statement? I guess that would go to you, Shannon. Yes, yeah, we do. Our mission is to prevent and alleviate human suffering in the face of emergencies by mobilizing the power of volunteers and the generosity of donors. Oh, that sounds like a pretty big blanket. What's the uh, geographic area that's served by the office here in Wichita? Again, that's the South Central and Southeast Kansas. What do you have, three offices in Kansas? We have three chapters three in chapters, Kansas. Okay. Okay. Yes, and we collect blood across the state. But yes, so South Central and Southeast Kansas, we cover 21 counties. How many people does your office serve in a year's time, you think? Oh, we collected 48,000 units of blood. We responded to over 340 house fires, and we trained over 11,000 people through our training services programs. So we reach a lot of people through our five lines of service. 11,000 people trained. Yes. Which means they can go out and do good things themselves, huh? Exactly. They are CPR certified and and ready to respond. Of course, uh, Red Cross, well known for its, as you said, blood donations. uh, And you mentioned how many, did you mention how many donations a year? I think... Um, well, here in South Central, yeah, Southeast yeah, yeah. Kansas, yeah, we collected over 48,000 units of blood. Okay. Then also with us, of course, is uh, uh, Norma Dixon, and uh, she's in charge of the blood stuff, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we, this, uh, this week we've had, uh, uh, well, you, you announced you had a little shortage going on. Tell we us did. about Tell us about that, Norma. We did. Um, during the holiday season, so over Christmas and New Year's, those two weeks, we were unable to collect about 27,000 pints of blood. So that's about 27,000 less than we had planned, and it equates to several hundred blood drives that we were unable to have. And it's just because people are so busy over the holiday season. A lot of businesses are closed and schools are out. So if you think about it, if we're not able to go to businesses or go to schools, which equate for 20% of the donations that we receive, then we're needing to find somewhere else to get them. So you, we were unable to do that, and we need it now. Would you, you typically have that many uh, drives during that period? We do, but actually. What, what happened yeah. this year? I, I know, I know. It, it's pretty typical um, over the holiday season to see this. So we kind of reach out to the general public to see if people can come in, if anybody's interested in hosting drives. Um, but, of course, we have the Donation Center in downtown Wichita. Or if you know that you're having a blood drive coming up in your area, just make sure that you get out and give. And let's just sidetrack for just a little bit on the blood drive. 
Uh, just about anybody can have a blood drive. Yes, yes. I mean, it's it could really be a business easy. or whatever, right? Right. It's really easy. If you have about 20 people interested in donating, so actually ready to donate, roll up their sleeves, um, we can come out to you, and you would just call 1-800-RED-CROSS, and they'll get you hooked up with your local representative to come out, make sure either you have a room that's adequate for us, you have the right number of people, or maybe we need to bring our big blood mobile out, um, which is basically a bus. It's a self-contained unit where we do everything on there. You recently concluded the annual Battle of the Badges. We did. You can explain to us what this is and how it turned out this year. Sure. So the Battle of the Badges, this was the 24th year for the battle. Um, and basically what it is is our local civil servants. So we have the fire department, we have the law enforcement, and then EMS. They compete. Those three different groups compete to see who can get the most votes and bring in the most blood and platelet donors. Um, this year, EMS won. They've been in the battle for the last five years, and this was the second year that they won. So they were very, very happy. Um, and they actually won, I think, only by 16 votes. So it was really close. To be clear, that is not that, uh, say, a police officer or a law enforcement officer goes in, and, of course, that one goes to them. But you're talking about the average donor right. can come in and just designate, right? Absolutely, yep. So we have the departments, the folks in the departments will come in and they will donate, um, which is wonderful. And then they are actually helping us spread the word. They go out and do interviews and um, basically spreading the word and talking to the community to try to get them to come in and sway their votes their way. You take donations, though, year-round because the need is always there. Yes. Are there any peak seasons for the need for blood? Absolutely. So the need is constant. Every two seconds, someone in the United States needs blood. So if you think about that, the amount of time that we're talking here, a lot of people have needed blood. So what the peak times are, though, it's summer and winter, and that's mainly because schools are out of session and people are super busy with vacations. Um, although the need for blood never takes vacation. It doesn't take a holiday. So on you know, Christmas Day and New Year's Day, there were people in the hospital who actually needed blood on those days. So it's very important we spread the word. Well, so your supply, what did you say you have, a three-day supply? Or? We have about a three-day supply right more? now. Yes, we like to keep about a five-day supply. So oh. if you can imagine, you know, kind of like milk. Okay. It, it does expire. It does have an expiration date. Can't keep it around forever. So if, if I gave you a pint of blood, I think it was about 19... 89. Is it still on the shelf someplace? No, it's not. No. no, and it probably was only on the shelf for a few days. I mean, did it turn finally into a, a chalky red-looking thing? Or how long? You, what's the shelf life? Sure, it's it's 42 days, um, and you can donate blood every 56 days. So even if you donated blood, you know, as frequently as possible, we would still need more. So, so we do you still put a need label donors. on there that's expiration date, like milk and stuff. Sure, we we stamp it. No, I don't know how that part works, but yes, there is an expiration date. Uh, most of it doesn't last that long because we have to get it transfused quicker. Okay. And then platelets only have um, a shelf life of about five days. So we have to get those transfused very quickly. What steps are you, do, do you take to ensure that uh, donating is safe? Oh, sure. Well, when you first come in, um, I'll kind of walk you through the donation process. You register with one of our wonderful volunteers and they will get you in the computer, make sure um, you are who you say you are, checking your ID, that sort of thing. And then you'll go into the health history booth, which is where you can answer your health history questions. That's where we ask you things about travel, um, lifestyle, just different things like that to make sure that you're okay to donate. Um, we're also going to check your iron level, your blood pressure, your temperature, um, just everything to make sure that you feel good that day and that you're healthy enough to be able to give a pint of blood. And then after that, you go and you get on the bed, the needle's in the arm for about seven minutes. So it's actually a very short process um, for donating. 
And then after that, we, we take you into the canteen area and you have some cookies and juice and just hang out with our volunteers until you feel better and you're you're good to go. So what you're telling me is like typically in, in every venture, the paperwork takes the, the paperwork, most time. The paperwork and the cookies, yeah. <laughs> but you can do some advanced, uh, can you do some advanced stuff over the, over the Absolutely. internet? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah. we have, um, it's, it's fairly new, a couple years old. It's called Rapid Pass and you go to redcrossblood.org slash rapid pass and you can fill out those health history questions. So when you go into the booth and you're answering all those questions on the computer, you can actually do that in the privacy of your own home prior to coming in. And that will save you about 15 to 20 minutes. And then at the end of the questions, it gives you a barcode and you just bring that barcode in um, like on your phone, just take a screenshot of it, something like that. And then as soon as you come in, you can skip all those health history questions. We'll still take your iron and check your blood pressure and that kind of thing, but at least it'll save you about 15 or 20 minutes on those questions. My family was once involved in a controlled donation. Yes. Uh, someone was injured, and two of us were the right type and, and matched up. But what that, What is that, and, and why is that something that we do? So it's a unique situation. Um, your doctor, if you have a situation where someone is needing blood, you would go to your doctor and talk to them about it, and then they would type match you to make sure that you have exactly what that hospital patient is going to need. And then they would, it's kind of like writing a prescription and saying, hey, we need you to go down to the Red Cross, donate blood. And then they would work with us behind the scenes to make sure that that blood got to that patient. So you had a, a unique situation. You should be very proud of that. What is the most popular blood type? Um, o positive is the most common blood mm-hmm. type. And there's about 38% of the population have O positive. So if you think about it, everybody says, oh, well, that's, you know, a lot of people have that type, so you don't need mine. But actually, that means a lot of people going into the hospital have that type as well. So a lot of patients are going to need that type. So what is what is plasma? So plasma is different. It's not um, red, is it? It's it's not red. Um, what happens is you have whole blood, which is basically four different components. So you have platelets, plasma, red cells, and white cells. Um, and each of the different components does something different for your body. For example, the red cells, they carry the oxygen throughout the body. Um, The plasma is actually the liquid that everything is kind of in. So if you think about it, like the water um, that everything's transported in. So like platelets and plasma are great because they're clotting factors. So they're great for burn victims or cancer patients, people who just can't replenish that. Um, Red cells are great during surgeries. So people who, you know, maybe going into a surgery, we want to have some red cells available for them. So each component has a different um, piece to it. So every time you donate blood, you're potentially helping save three lives. Blood transfusions go back how far? World War II, World War I? Very far. Yeah, the Red Cross um, actually in, it was about in the 1940s is when we developed the American Red Cross Blood Services side. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did that during World War II. Um, the military came to us and asked us to do it. And then after the war was over, we continued it for the American public. Well, in, in those days, they didn't, don't they have time to blood type? You're on the battlefield yeah. or whatever. So what, what are the repercussions if you don't match types? It's actually very dangerous. Um, so we have to make sure that we're matching types. We have to make sure that, um, you know, the, the doctors are getting everything they need. So we make all types available. Um, and then the doctors are in charge of figuring out, okay, what's going to be best for this patient? And then they ki- come to us and make sure that they receive it. Do you ever tell any vampire jokes? You know, I don't. <laughs> Shannon does. She's over there. Yeah, do you hear the one about them? Yeah. Right. No, that would not be good. You're listening to Issues 2019 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guests are Shannon Wedge, Executive Director, and Norma Dixon with the American Red Cross of South Central and Southeast Kansas. It is 
a serious topic, but I'll lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> well, who can donate blood? Uh, it's not just anybody, right? Almost anybody. Almost uh, anybody. Yeah, yeah. Only a small percentage of the population actually donate, um, but you just have to be 16 years old with written parental consent. As soon as you turn 17, we don't need that written consent. And then you have to be 110 pounds and in general good health. So if you're feeling well the day of, then you should be good. Um, get in there, get your iron tested, just make sure that everything's good. And as long as you pass those initial tests, you should be good. Well, of course, the Red Cross does uh, many, many other things. I want to talk about uh, first about uh, disaster assistance. And I guess, Shannon, are you going to tell us about a disaster assistance? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, we respond to our, the number one um, disaster that we respond to is house fires. But obviously, if there's a tornado or flooding, we're going to respond to those situations as well. 37 individuals from our chapter have deployed since July 1st to national deployments to help with the hurricanes and the wildfires in California. So people are not only helping here in Kansas, they are going across the country and internationally to help with disasters. And typically, what do they do? Do they have to drive their own vehicle? Do you have a vehicle for them to take to another state? Tell, tell us about that a little bit. We fly them out. You or, fly them Yes, out. Okay. yes. We get them there as quickly as we, as we can. Um, 90% of our workforce is our volunteers. So they are the people that are manning the shelters and feeding and doing all of the things that you see on the news. And we in the newsrooms and the, uh, listen to the police scanners. I've got one right here. Uh, and uh, many times on a house fire locally, because the, the, the living quarters are now, uh, nobody can live in there. It's just smoky. It's burned up or whatever. They will say, we need Red Cross assistance. And you guys are out there in a flash. Uh, to, you know, two adults and four children, something like that. But uh, that's one of the, the great things you do. Now, when you go out there and you gather these folks up who need help, what kind of help do they get from a fire scene? Yeah, we help with uh, temporarily to get them stable. So mm -hmm. to find them stable housing, whether that be a hotel or they go stay with a family member, food, make sure that they have their medications and clothing. So those immediate needs is what we help those individuals with. Okay, what kind of, like most people I interview on this weekly show, you make extensive use of volunteers. You mentioned that a moment ago. So what kind of volunteer training do you provide? We provide a lot of training. Some of it's online, some of it's within our chapter. They can come in and, and we'll hold a very specific training. But people can start the volunteer process at redcross.org and you start your volunteer application and we do background checks and, and we start you down that path. Okay, so you don't have to be a genius or anything. No, no. There's always, we, always something somebody can do. Huh? Exactly. We guide you the entire way and give you the tools um, to go out and deploy and to help people. Let's talk about educational efforts. Uh, how can I learn to do CPR? I mean, we could probably do that right now, but it wouldn't sound very good on the radio. <laughs> no, it would no, no. Be a lot of thumping and moaning, and well, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> How can I learn to do CPR? Chef? Well, we have classes um, here in Wichita at seven oh seven North Main. Sure. But the classes that we offer here in our chapter office are adult and pediatric first aid CPR and AED training. And then we also have first aid CPR and AE instructor training. So you can actually come in and train to be an instructor. And then we also uh, teach basic life support for healthcare providers here in town. Is there a certificate you can get? Yeah. Okay. Yep. You're so certified, imagine. and then we will we will make sure that you have that certification that you can show people. Do you, uh, I bet you train a lot of people who are lifeguards. 
and swimming pools, people like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So we also um, have a lot of classes online. So that's one of them that is offered online, along with babysitting basics, um, first aid for severe bleeding, opioid training is a new one. Um, so we offer a lot online, too, to make it convenient for people to get that training. So tell me about babysitter training. I mean, I've got two two granddaughters that are 12, and they, they – Think they want to babysit, but I don't. I don't think they've gotten a job yet. Right? How much should they charge? No, that's not part of it. <laughs> I can tell you what my thirteen-year-old makes. And really? <laughs> she would like to make a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're all like that. Uh, so, what, what's involved in that? Just uh, you know, can you teach a twelve-year-old what to do? Yeah, there is, there's no minimum age for our regular courses. For our instructor courses to be, to become a certified instructor, it's eighteen years of age. But. Um, with the babysitting, no, there's no minimum age. And many rec centers teach the babysitting classes, too. So check with your local rec center for, for your uh, kids as well. Educational opportunities. Of course, let's talk about schools. Uh, do you work in the schools? What do you do in the schools? We do. We do preparedness within the schools. We have what's called a pillowcase project. It's for third through fifth graders. And we go out and we... We teach them preparedness, what to do if there is a home fire, a tornado, and they actually decorate a pillowcase. And they draw on there what they need in their first aid kit, what they need in their preparedness kit. So we hopefully are creating that excitement that they go home and talk to their parent or guardian about, you know, is our home safe? Are our smoke alarms working? And what's our fire escape plan? You know, when I was in high school, we had club day. I think it was every other Thursday or something. Uh, and there was Red Cross Club was active at uh, high school where I was, uh, where I went to school. Uh, and I used that time usually to uh, go to a local uh, pool hall. But uh, are those uh, chapters still active? Yes, we have Red Cross clubs. Well, what do they do other than okay, we learned CPR this week. What do we do next week? Right. Well, what? in the in the high schools and colleges, they help with our blood drives. They're a huge advocate for our blood drives, so that's very important. But they'll come and volunteer. Um, yeah. Okay. So Still, uh, still alive and well. <laughs> okay. Uh, what what other programs are you offering? I've got uh, time for you to tell me about anything yeah. else you're doing. So. Uh, service to the armed forces. We support our military and their families here um, locally, McConnell and the VA hospital. So that's another program. And what I kind might, of support do you give them? Well, we uh, we work in the pharmacy. Oh, we, okay. we help with the you know the healthcare clinic at the VA hospital. We do trainings for them. Um, we also, if there's an emergency situation, they will call us, and then we verify that maybe a baby's being born and there was a death in the family, and then we get back to the commanding officer to verify that that situation is happening within the family okay. and to get them back here for those events. And other programs you have? Anything else you want to mention? International services International. is another one, yes, yeah. And then we've mentioned them all. But we need volunteers across all lines of service. We need people to drive blood. It's all volunteer blood drivers that transport the blood, pick it up, and take it to our testing center. Who are most of these people? Are they volunteers? they retirees or there are people who can fashion some time for you out of their daily lives? Right. A lot of them are retirees, um, but we also have a handful of young people that respond to those disasters. They'll be on call. We are on call 24-7, so they will, you know, put that they're available in the middle of the night to go to respond to a house fire. All right, somebody wants to get involved, uh, what should they do? They can go to redcross.org and start their volunteer process. And then we have volunteer recruiters that will help you through the entire process. So if you get stuck on a step, they're there to help you. Well, what about uh, if, if I just wanted to give you, say, some money? Would you do that? Could you oh, take yes. money? Yes. Is that... <laughs> 
Of course. An expression. I will, I will take an your expression. money. Yes. <laughs> expression Get your checkbook out, Steve, okay? <laughs> my basic personality is I'm quite lazy, but it doesn't take much to write a check. So well, uh, tell you, us about that. Yes. Yeah, so we always say that we want your time, your money, and your blood. Um, we would like all three, but they're all equally important. But yes, we have great corporate sponsors in the community and individual donors that help us fulfill our mission every day. So people, um, we got a new blood mobile a couple years ago that was fun. Funded entirely by donations from the residents of Kansas really? and our companies here. So there's many opportunities to fund uh, capital projects, to actually pay for things, and to just help us with our overall day-to-day expenses. Do you have any special promotions, fundraisers? Do you have the yeah. Red Cross Golf Tournament or the... Uh Bowling tomorrow. What have you got? Tell we me do. We have a Heroes Breakfast that Heroes, we hold in Heroes December. Breakfast. Yes, it is an inspirational event where we honor local heroes. This year, for instance, we honored a police officer who um, respond. He was out on patrol and came upon a woman who was actually on fire. And so we honored um, him, uh, a local grandma who pulled her two grandsons out of the burning home wow. and saved their lives. So. It's it's quite an inspirational event to attend, and we raise money at the same time. Shannon, what are the biggest challenges you face in your chapter here in South Central Kansas? I would say right now our biggest challenge is our volunteers. We just mm-hmm. need more volunteers. And, I mean, I say Sedgwick County, but in all 21 counties. Yeah, you got 21 counties. Down, yeah, looking down in southeast Kansas and, and in other areas, we really need those volunteers that can go out and respond to the house fires and the other disasters. So what are the biggest uh, personal, professional payoffs? What oh. do you, why, why do you do this work? I ask that question. Yeah. It is amazing to go down. I mean, we've been doing a lot of media interviews this Mm -hmm. week for blood, but to go and hear why people donate. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've had family members and friends that have personally donated, or I mean, benefited from the blood donation. So to know that and to see that, it's very rewarding. And and to hear these stories. I mean, Mm -hmm. how someone saved a life. How about you, Norma? Oh, it's the same thing. Mm. I've I've been doing this for 15 years, and I've met so many people who have received blood through our blood and platelet recipients over the years. And to hear their story and how refreshed they feel after they receive it, it's amazing. And to go, you know, if you're at a disaster and there's a house fire, and just to be able to give someone a hug and know that it's helping and give them a bottle of water and a fresh blanket, something like that. So it's seeing those people out there that were really impacting. It's a, it's a, several years ago, it was the last time I, I donated blood, uh, they said my uh, alcohol level in the blood was quite high. <laughs> but no, I'm kidding. But uh, they had sloppy joes at that time. They did, And they yes. were abs- – I don't know what she did, but <laughs> – she had a secret ingredient, to make yes. it, and I think I must have had about seven or eight of those right after <laughs> I gave blood. You don't do Sloppy Joe's anymore. We don't do the Sloppy Joe's now, but I can sneak you the recipe, and I can also tell you that that secret ingredient is chicken gumbo soup. You wouldn't believe it, but it is. I've got to write that. That sounds like that would re- – yeah. That if would that's work. all it's going to take to get you to donate again, I'll make it for well, you. Well, you know, <laughs> I have to be induced some way. Right. No, you, you all are doing good work, as always. The Red Cross has been an institution – here in America and around the world for many, many years. And uh, it takes a lot of a lot of hard work to get this done. Again, uh, if they want to contact, anybody wants to contact you, tell us how to do that real quick. You can call 1-800-RED-CROSS. You can go to redcross.org for training classes, or you can go to redcrossblood.org, and you can sign up to donate blood. Now, if you want us to donate blood, it's not one of those things you have to, don't have to have an appointment necessarily. You don't. No. Walk-ins are welcome. We're at 707 North Main, which is right next to the fire station on Main and Murdoch in downtown Wichita. 
Shannon, anything exciting on the on the on the agenda this year? There's something new that you want to tell us about? Like if you've got a brand new building or something? No, we do not have a brand new building. <laughs> we are we are remaining at 707 North Main. But something exciting that will be happening at the end of April uh, through May is the Sound the Alarm campaign. We will go out and we will install smoke alarms in um, homes to ensure that everybody has a working smoke alarm. So last year we had a signature event here in Wichita, and this year we will have one in Topeka. But we will still be doing events here locally. I know we're doing one in Derby, and we're doing several in southeast Kansas. So, so this is free of charge that you installed? Yes, yes, yeah. Okay. And last year our chapter installed over 1,700 smoke alarms well, and made those and, homes know, safer. It could very well be that that uh, saved a life or two. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. We're starting, and, the Red Cross is starting nationally to document that, and we've uh, documented over 475 lives that have been saved really? with the smoke alarms. Wow. That we, yeah, and it's So what's climbing. it called? What's it called? It's uh, Sound the Alarm Campaign. It's our national campaign. All right. Thanks for being with us this morning. Appreciate it. And uh, as always, and uh, thank you for doing your good work in our community. Our guests this week on Issues 2019, Shannon Wedge, Executive Director, and Norma Dixon with the American Red Cross of South Central and Southeast Kansas. That's all for this edition of Issues 2019. I'm Steve McIntosh. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Issues 2019. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.